Hi, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Chris. And we are first-time parents. We are a mid-20s couple living on the east side of Seattle in Washington State. Our baby was born in the spring of 2020, and we are learning how to become parents while continuing our lives of outdoor adventure and home renovations. So come listen to our journey as we learn how to adapt parenting into our lives. Welcome back to Emerald City Parenting. Hey guys, we're here today, uh, Chris and Chelsea. We're going to talk about Jamie and what he's been through in the past uh, month or so. So I guess it's his ninth month because he was eight months old for this update. And uh, a lot happened. We had a lot of visitors and uh, definitely some growth markers and milestones to go over. So tune in and uh, let us know what you think. So it all started in the beginning of December. Chelsea's parents came and they brought Christmas with them. It was really great. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Uh, they came like maybe like the second second week of December, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, so they were here for about a week and came to visit the little chap and see how he's doing. And generously brought all these gifts or sent them here previously. And then my mom brought wrapping paper and tags and everything, wrapped the gifts where they were staying, and then brought them all back so that on like a Wednesday night we could have Christmas which was just like wild. So that was more of a Christmas than we actually had on the true day. Um, but it was really cool and it was super nice to spend it with them. And Jamie tried to open gifts a little bit. He was pulling on things and yeah, he was definitely enjoying it. So they brought him a ton of toys and then they brought uh, gifts from my grandmother as well. So Jamie's great gram. Um, so yeah, he got so many things that I actually just put some of them away for later because there's just like so many toys. It would just overwhelm them to have them all out right now. So yeah, so that was really cool. Oh, and we didn't do size updates. So around that time frame, he was probably, I don't think he's grown in height at all. So 27 inches. And I think he was like right around 20 pounds, like give or take half a pound. Yeah. Um, so that sounds about right. And he only had a couple teeth. Yeah, yeah, he's, he he's still teeth. in three teeth. He was getting his fourth then. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was the update for so those. All of his lowers is what he had at that point. Yeah, like the lower fronts. Lower three. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were, yeah, we were celebrating and hanging out with my parents, doing probably a lot of dinners out uh, or takeout due to pandemic rules. Yes. And um, he kind of could crawl, but it's, uh, it was like inefficient, you know, he would just get up on all fours and maybe roll or shift a little forward or back. Um, he can move backwards better than forward. Yeah. Yeah. He would, sh he would kind of take crawling steps backwards, mm -hmm. which is funny. Yes. Uh, making lots of noises at the time. He liked like fart noises. He did. And um, so I kind of made it like a Christmas tradition in our house um, starting this year. For his first Christmas, I got a um, little train set for around the Christmas tree. And so I just, it's just like your basic train set, not much, you know, decorating wise, but just like functional. And then every year that moves forward, I was going to add one piece to it. Um, so then hopefully it'll be like a lasting Christmas memory for him 
that I can say I did, you know, for his entire life. And I thought that'd be fun. And so he loved um, sitting in the living room and watching the train go around. And yeah, so it was just fun. Yeah, Chris did a really good job. He had a, a fun layout. It was like a figure eight folded over itself and made lots of cute Christmas themed cars. So he put a lot of work in there, making it really nice. Um, I never had trains <laughs> growing up, so it was a really cool thing to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was a fun week. Uh, we got to see some Christmas lights and take some nice walks in local parks. Um, so we also went to Leavenworth for the day. Oh, yeah, we did that like the first full day when they were here. Right. Um, so that's like a little Bavarian Christmas village, uh, but it's like two and a half hours away on the other side of the Cascades from us. And so that was really fun. Um, they do lots of like festive light displays mm -hmm. and little Christmas shops with like an ornament for like anything you could ever imagine. Um, yeah, it's amazing the amount of ornaments they have. There must have been thousands in this one shop. And yeah, any theme tree you're ever looking for, they got it. So that was really cool. I think um, Chelsea's mom really enjoyed it there. Well, mm -hmm. I think her dad enjoyed it too. And we enjoyed going a lot because we had. We'd gone a week before they came, and then I knew they would love it so much. I was like, all right, we're going to have to go back in a week and, right. you know, drive us all down there again or over there. And so, it's a nice, like, snowy location. Like, they always have snow this time of year, so that makes it fun as well so that you get that white Christmas vibe and get to be out in the cold and everything. Right. Yeah, so then, you know, that Wednesday, then we had uh, Christmas with – Chelsea's family, and that was really great. Yeah. Um, and then they left. Yep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they left to go back and, you know, celebrate the holiday at their home. Um, and then I think, like, two days later, so the whenever they left, the following Friday, uh, we had a little getaway for one of our friend's birthdays. And we actually went to the shore in Washington so we were out at Gray's Harbor and our friend rented a house for his partner and we were celebrating her birthday there. Uh, so it was that couple, another couple and us. We're the only one with a kid, um, but you know, we made it work. So yeah, it was interesting. We had a few hour drive, picked up stuff for celebrating along the way and then uh, had to navigate doing young adult social life with managing baby schedule which gets a little tricky about like making sure that you know he can go to sleep at a reasonable hour and then yeah. we can go to sleep and still wake up with him the next morning there's a little bit of a conflict of interest at times and definitely overlapping schedules yeah yeah it's you just know, young adults like staying up late and sleeping in and young babies like to stick to their schedule <laughs> and so that jamie's schedule is you know go to bed at a reasonable hour and then wake up at like 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't a whole lot of sleeping going on for us. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely tricky to navigate. So I was, you know, kind of the the one that went to bed early out of the adults because no matter what, this baby wakes up and wants his milk. So I have no choice but to give it to him. And, I mean, overall is fine, and it's always good to have time with friends. It's just a such a big learning experience and makes you, you know, realize you can't take things for granted because something as simple as just having to get up with your baby makes hanging out with friends a lot more complex. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's always good. And uh, in general, we try to kind of get Jamie out of the house and like mix up his schedule a little bit just because we don't want him to have to be so regimented. Uh, you know, we want him to be flexible for travel or, you know, just being away from home from for short periods of time and that being okay. I mean, it's just like nice to be able to travel with him. So, so we work on that. So about one week later on the 26th, my family came. Um, that was really great. I was really excited to see all of them, especially my sister, because she had never been out to, well, actually anywhere we've ever lived besides, you know, somewhere in Pennsylvania. Actually thinking back, I don't think she saw us when we lived in state college either. Oh, I think she came there once. Oh, she came there once? Well, anyway, it was really great to see everybody. Um, I haven't really spent much time with them um, recently. My mom has come out before to meet Jamie, and so that was really great and a good bonding experience. <clears throat> but I don't think I had seen my dad or sister in over a year um, or just Yeah, just about, about a year because we went home for Christmas last year. Yeah. That would have been the last time we saw them, and then I – refused to travel for the remainder of pregnancy because it was a lot. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they were really excited to meet Jamie. Um, that was really great. My sister really took an interest in him. She kept wanting to feed him and, you know, play with him and hold him. Um, unfortunately, though, right after they arrived, um, he started showing symptoms. Right of, before. Oh, right before they arrived. Yeah, um, he started showing symptoms of being sick. Um, definitely not something that they brought to him. Yeah, so he, he actually got before. a fever the day that they were traveling here, and they got here late at night, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that day he had a, a pretty bad fever. That's the day it was the highest. Yeah, I it was like a measured it as so. high as 103. Mm-hmm. Um, so we messaged our doctor, and she's, she's like really great, um, super easy to – get a hold of in any type of situation like that. Um, we don't have to go to like a clinic or anything to talk to somebody. Um, she just has like a HIPAA compliant text line. So now I just message her on that and, uh, her assistant reads it and then passes it on to her if it's like very urgent. Um, and you know, can't wait for her to just check it herself. So she replied and, um, her and the assistant were both like helping us and, um, you know, giving us all the information we needed and make sure he stayed healthy. Um, he basically we just like let him nurse as much as we could. And then he didn't want to play at all. He was like more lethargic than normal, but not spacey. Right. Um, there so, was no smiling. He just yeah, felt bad. Yeah. He was all pink and rosy. looked so sad. We did go and pick up Tylenol, but we never ended up using it because I'm a believer that, you know, your body, when it has a fever and knows what it's doing and it has a fever for a reason. So within a certain range and we were still within that range, um, it seemed like a smart idea to just let the fever run its course. And the whole purpose that the fever comes up is to fight the bacteria or whatever is bothering mm-hmm. you. And then your immune system creates that fever to kill it. So they don't get sick. can also work like two to three times more uh, efficiently if your temperature is elevated. Right. Um, so since, you know, it still seemed like he wasn't completely miserable, we decided to just, you know, let him go with the fever and just make sure he stayed hydrated. We gave him some extra water and some elderberry, um, things like that. Right. So anyway, 
pretty much the whole time my family was here. He wasn't feeling that well, which really was a bummer. Um, it went through kind of a range, though, um, because we had the really bad fever the day they were traveling. But then uh, overnight, like that, when he slept that night, he woke up and they like felt fine. His temperature read fine. And then it would be like throughout the day, he would gain a fever again. And I think that happened for like two more days after the main first fever day. Right. I think it was two more days that um, he would be like 100 or 101 by the time we got to like dinner time. Right. And, you know, that just like makes you feel terrible that, you know, he seemed like he was going to be better during the day and then fever like, you know, notches up again. Um, but we did learn that you can actually use um, elderberry as an antipyretic or a fever manager. Um, so we were just giving him doses of elderberry pretty frequently throughout the day. Yeah. We just give him a few drops every few hours. Yeah, every two, three hours. Um, so anyway, after about three days of that, then his fever seemed to have gone away, but his skin, which he has really sensitive skin, his skin seemed to be irritated. Um, and then it was like the next night he had this like full body rash. Yeah, so I noticed it on his back first. And also one of the things during the fever, I'd given him herbal tea. It's called a cool down tea. So it's special herbs that are supposed to be cooling to the body. So I figured that'd be a good hydrating thing. So then when the rash popped up on his back, that my first thought was he's allergic to some herb in the tea, which seemed pretty weird because it's pretty calm stuff like chamomile and mint. It's, it's nothing crazy. Um, but then like he starts, you know, coming up with this rash and, um, then like the following days he started itching his eyes a lot and it was all over his scalp. It was like not raised or pussy or anything like that, but just like a pink rash that made him look like blotchy all over. Yeah. And so that looked really sad. I don't have sensitive skin, so I've never experienced anything like that in my life, <laughs> but it looked terrible. And this poor little boy was completely miserable. And yeah, he so he was distraught for that one. That he was, was not able to sleep at all, not more than like 15 minutes. And he would wake up because he was like scratching his eyes in his sleep, even though he has his like sleep sack. He always um, a zippity zip if you haven't heard before. Uh, he was, you know, still like rubbing his eyes anyway. Um, and so then we did give him like small doses of Benadryl to try right. to help him actually stay asleep because not only was he not able to sleep waking up every 15 minutes we couldn't do anything really to help him and then he was waking us up every 15 minutes and that was really terrible um yeah so, well it just i mean it was just tough because he couldn't really heal if he couldn't sleep yeah and then on top of that he was scratching and making it worse and uh i spent the whole i guess like second day with the rash the one where it actually seemed bad the first day it didn't seem to bother him too much but the second day it was really bothered by it and uh, I spent that time giving him uh, some homeopathics the boron tubes I gave him one of those like pills from that one and then we were still doing elderberry to try to like help that out and then um, epsom salt and oatmeal baths we tried that the bath did seem to help but it was temporary you know as soon as he got out and dried off he was super itchy again mm -hmm. um so it was, it was just all temporary and then the, the homeopathics could help during the day and like kind of keep it at bay i guess a little bit but for sleeping there was just no touching this rash like it would not get better 
So then I was like, started a whole nother conversation with the doctor to uh, see about like giving him Benadryl. And I was pretty against it. Like I was really pushing to just like get through this whole sickness without any, you know, I don't know, chemicals, bad, bad medicines and all that. I just, we don't like using them. Um, I think that your body should be strong enough to like fight off these like, you know, common cold type things it comes in contact with. But sometimes it's just not good enough, I guess. And you can't tell a baby to stop scratching so that his skin calms down. Right. I think that was the hardest part about it was right. like he didn't understand why, you know, he was in such discomfort. Yeah. You know, and there's no willpower there to not itch to make it worse. Right. So I think the Benadryl really was the best option mm-hmm. um, for him. He was able to sleep with it, yeah. which was really great. We, I started with, like, the tiniest dose I could possibly give him and then, like, realized that that wasn't doing enough. And so basically I had to quadruple the smallest dose, and then that was, like, what calmed down his skin and let him sleep, and which was kind of surprising to me. I thought, like, oh, I'll start really small and that'll be enough because he's so tiny, but... It still wasn't. Um, so, yeah. So, I think we ended up doing that for, like, three nights until the rash cleared up. Um, just to, like, make sure he was, like, totally healed before we tried to help him, like, let him sleep without it. So, clearly, I'm no doctor. But I was actually wondering if it had something to do with, like, the volume of food he eats. Because you know how, like, when you drink, if you, like, eat a ton of food with it, then it takes a lot more alcohol for you to, like, feel effects. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if it was kind of similar. Where, like, works similarly. Yeah, where he he eats like a lot of food for a baby his size, so then you need like a little more Benadryl for it to like saturate through. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for that because that's like the level of food thing you're talking about is usually really the metabolism. You know, people with higher metabolisms they process alcohol and other like medications mm-hmm. much more quickly than someone with a slower metabolism. Right. Um. So, yeah, maybe if it's into that category, like, he can just has, like, a really high, fast-working metabolism. I also That's don't an know interesting if this, point. Is, this correlates at all, but I remember when I was a kid, um, my doctors would always direct my mom to give me, like, more than the recommended dose of like, oh, children's like, Motrin. Because the box is, like, extra safe. The box is really safe, and when she would give me that amount, it wouldn't it wouldn't do like anything. Right. And so she would tell the doctors and they would say, like, try giving me like, you know, a little more, and mm-hmm. a little more until it actually like does something. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, maybe you just had a high metabolism too. Right. Which I mean, could make sense. Cause yeah. I used to eat a lot as well. He still does. He just baby. eats a slightly more reasonable amount. Right. <laughs> so that was that. It was very sad. That was his first real sickness. Yeah. It was hard to get through on that the parent tough. side. It was just, like, you can't tell him what's wrong. You just have to comfort him. It was um, the instance that, like, brought out the most patience in me just because I know, like, how bad he felt and I couldn't do anything about it. Um, so I definitely think that's, like, the most patient I've been probably as a person ever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, anyway, um, I think my parents or my family was here for four nights, they were five like, days. Yeah, they were, like, in town for three days so and like they have two travel days the 31st or so yeah, um, they left on the 30th the 30th they really left. early in the morning so i took them to the airport really early in the morning then came back i had actually rented an expedition um for while they were staying because they didn't uh want to rent a car and we don't own a vehicle that can seat that many people 
Um, luckily, I get a steep discount on renting cars through my employer. So um, that worked out. Mm. Um, so anyway, I didn't want to pay for the rental car any longer than I had to go, obviously. So I took them to the airport super early in the morning. Then I came back home. I cleaned the rental car, took it back to my work. Um, and then pretty much by the time I was finished that, it was time for me to turn around and go back to the airport <laughs> and pick up uh, two of our friends, uh, Nick and Laura, that were coming to visit us from Colorado. And that was really mm -hmm. special. That was the second time that they came to visit us here, um, which is always a pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, so they came. They understood. Jamie wasn't feeling that great. Um, so we played games and just tried to lots of board games, lots of board games, just tried to help the little chap out, help him feel better, you know? Um, yeah. So they came, we did, um, they were here for new year's. They were here for new year's. Right. So our other friend Tyler came up, um, he was in Pennsylvania home for Christmas. He came home Chris or no new year's day, I believe. Either New Year's Eve, he was flying home. I think he was flying on New Year's Eve, actually, because nobody flies New Year's Eve. Everybody flies like New Year's Day. Um, so he came home uh, the next day. I think it was New Year's Day. He came up. Um, so Tyler was also friends with Nick and Laura um, when we began being friends with Nick and Laura in, like, early college. Um, so he came up. Uh, for the day. He actually had an injury himself he was getting over, so he didn't stay too terribly long. Um, but it's always a pleasure seeing Tyler. He's definitely one of the best of friends. Um, and so that was just, you know, more fun seeing more friends. Um, so Nick and Laura were here for five days. Uh, that sounds about right. I think they were here for five days. Yeah. Jamie was feeling better about halfway through their stay, so that was really great. They got to experience him, you know, happy. Full-fledged happy kiddo. Full-fledged. He was bouncing and, you know, Aww. wiggling around and doing all of his Jamie things, and that was fun. Um, so I returned Nick and Laura to the airport. I think it was January 6th or 5th? 3rd. Oh, 3rd. January 3rd. Um, two days later, Chelsea went back to the airport, uh, to pick up our final visitor, and that was Moira. Um, she is Chelsea's friend from, uh, college. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Moira? Okay, so, Moira came, and she is a friend I met during college, and she's getting married soon, and also, not also, uh, she wants a bunch of kids. We don't. We just want Jamie. <laughs> um, but anyway, she wants kids in the future. Um, so, yeah. So, it was cool. She came and stayed with us. She stayed in our guest room because her fiancé did not come on this visit. And basically just hung out here. Um, and she'd never been to Washington State. So, we got to show her some places around here. So, some days we would just hang out at home with Jamie. And, you know, she would play with him. Or we'd go on walks around the neighborhood. And some days, um, like one day we spent going into Seattle, we went to the Space Needle, we drove around to a couple like points of interest. And there's not many, like there's not any museums and no like tour type things open. So we basically just drove her around to the places we had been for historical aspects and showed her around uh, the city and like the waterfront and 
Pike Place Market. Yeah, Pike Place Market, Old Town Seattle. And like I said, we went up in the Space Needle. Uh, so that was also Jamie's first time in the Space Needle going up. He didn't show any signs of being afraid of heights, but, you know, he's also eight months old. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, so that was kind of fun. At first, I was like, oh, man, I don't want to do all this Seattle stuff again. Or we don't know anything about Seattle because we kind of stay out of the city. Um, but it turned out actually being fun to, like, like Chris and I basically became tour guides and, like, talked through all this information that we know. And it's it's stuff that I forget we know. And um, I know, like, Chris, he remembers different stories than I do from all these different tours we went on. So it's just like fun to hear each other's perspective. Of, it was a good mix. Yeah, of the things that we've kind of like gathered over the time we've lived here. Um, and yeah, yeah, going up in the Space Needle is always a good time. We actually like had some views. It was it was definitely overcast, but there was there was some views to be seen. So that's cool too. And then uh, one day we went on a walk with with her to um, kind of like a hike thing. It's like a property that they grow trees on for lumber. And uh, we, you know, took a long walk there and that was actually a sunny day. So that was like, you know, somewhat surprising for Seattle winter. We had a few sunny days while Moira was here to, you know, get outside and enjoy nature a bit. Always good. Oh, one thing we didn't include earlier. Uh, my parents actually bought a stroller while they were here. They, got like a kind of mid-grade stroller ordered off Amazon because not everybody shares our affinity of baby carrying. They think this child is heavy. I don't know, you know, what's wrong with that? <laughs> um, basically, Chris and I carry Jamie wherever we take him. We put him in a baby carrier on our front or back and don't have any worries. Um, but yeah, I understand not everybody's that crazy into carrying a 20 and growing pound kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, so my parents brought a stroller. They're in their sixties. So I think it's reasonable that they don't want to carry a kid around. So they, you know, took him on a little walk in that. Then Chris's mom used it while she was here. And I told Moira she could use it, but I think we ended up like just kind of like being together the whole time. So we just carried him anyway. Mm -hmm. That was, that was fun. Yeah. We went on like a, a six mile walk. Um, from our house mm -hmm. uh, that he was carried for, which was still great. Yeah. We had a really clear day, so there were some really great views of the mountains in the background. Yeah, yeah, that was um, something we wanted to show her or a rainy year in the Cascades and Olympics. We got to do that. Right. Yeah, so that was a really great time too. Yeah, so that was our last visitor. We have just passed all this, so basically back-to-back -back for the last month, uh, we have had visitors coming to see this lovely child of ours mm -hmm. and he is doing great. The sickness was worrisome, but we got through it and we're stronger for it. Um, I've been asked by a couple people if it was COVID and we didn't have him tested. And since he got over it and he was, you know, making progress quickly, honestly, we didn't really care. Um, as long as he seemed to be getting better, that's all we cared about. Right. So whether it was or it wasn't, we're not really sure. I know from research that I've done that it's unlikely because COVID looks different in infants than it does in adults. Um, so typically the symptoms he had don't line up with, you know, infant COVID symptoms. But then again, like I said, we didn't have him tested. Um, so that's that. In case you're wondering, we don't know. <laughs> but he got yeah, over it. Still don't know. 
Uh, yeah, so we are back to life with just the fosters now. And I'm actually trying to take this month off of work. Uh, it's, you know, it's not working perfectly because, you know, it's a job. So they need me for certain things. Um, but I am working less just to use up my ret- maternity leave and spend more time with Jamie. Um, you know, since we are in these early years, it's definitely important to have as much bonding time as we can with him. So that's my goal for the rest of January. And, uh, Chris is back to work three days a week. Uh, you know, keep the finances moving forward, keep some positive flow there as I was before. Yeah. Um, yes. So right now, Jamie is eight and a half months old. Yep. He has seven teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, all, all. Oh, that was why we thought he was having the fever originally too. We didn't say that. Uh, his top four teeth all looked like they were about to poke through at the same time, and so we were thinking that you know maybe four teeth growing in could cause a fever because it does in some kids, um, but that it ended up being he was actually sick. Right. Yeah. Um, but his top canines and then his two front teeth uh, came in, mm-hmm. and then he had three of his front lower already. Right. So he has most of a smile. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. I got to admit, I kind of missed the gummy smile, Mm -hmm. um, but he's still really cute, even with only a couple teeth. (laughs) Um, So he can crawl now. He doesn't quite crawl completely across the room, but he can crawl for like a couple feet. Um, He has a walker that my mom got him for Christmas that at yeah. first he was skeptical about, but now he absolutely loves it. Um, oh, pretty much our so whole much. house is hardwood floors, and so he can literally walk, like, all over the house in this thing. You know, he'll, like, follow you around if you're, you know, walking from room to room, and it's actually really cute. Yeah. It's really uh, – it's called the Juvie Spoon, if anybody's looking it up. Uh, we liked it because it was a more simple walker compared to a lot of the other ones we looked at. They had, like – rainbow toys and crazy stuff all around him but this one just has like a tray that you can take out and wash you can just put different toys in front of him and so that's been really good uh and it's it's also great like because we can throw it in the truck bed and take it to friends houses Mm -hmm. um if we're going to hang out there and um some of our friends have dogs so it works out well for dogs that aren't like used to being around a baby if he's in this like upright walker it creates like a bit of a separation so they can't you know like basically trample over him, you know, if they're running around or something. Also, since it has like a, this large tray in front of him for holding his toys or whatnot, um, it also puts like a, you know, one foot barrier between right. him and them too, which is also good. Yeah. Because it helps prevent face licking, which we're not the biggest fan. Yeah. Of. Try to avoid it when we can. But so that's I think good. his favorite thing to do in the walker right now is to walk over in the kitchen to the trash can and start playing with the trash bag liner yeah. or the lid. He absolutely Something loves about it. That. He's like a little trash magnet for some reason. Uh, it looks like a fun toy, I guess. But yeah, he really loves that. Um, and he has also more recently figured out how to play with little like wooden cars, like Rio sized trains and cars um, with wheels. Um, so he'll like roll those across the floor. Yeah. And so yesterday he took his colored blocks and he started rubbing them on the wall. And first so, time, first scribbles on the wall from this child. So now, since they were you know wooden painted uh, toys, you know they'll scuff whatever color they were. So now there's little purple zigzags 
you know, two feet up the wall on this mm -hmm. one wall. So I'm looking forward to that spreading probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what age you can start telling a kid. No, I said like, you know, we redirect him from the trash can, like either move the trash can away from him or try to get him to turn around and look at something else. Um, so I was kind of like starting to think about like how many things can we redirect him from and how many things do we just have to like be okay with something getting a little messed up and we can fix it later. Yeah. So of all the we're things, in that process. Right. Of all the things, I think this might be the one because, you know, I can repaint, you know, the bottom three feet of the wall when he's two and we can tell him not to do that. Yeah. But for right now, you know, if we were to just, you know, kind of yell at him, you'd probably start crying because he doesn't well, understand. Yeah. That's not what you do at this age. Like I said, you just redirect them and like turn them around, put something else like, you know, don't do that. Do this instead. Right. Um, cause we can do that to an extent, you know, like he likes pulling our protein powders off the shelf cause it's about his height when he's in his walker. Um, and that's like fine, you know, like we can do that. He was actually pulling on our shoe cabinet today, which is kind of funny. He mm -hmm. might, you know, get into the shoe cabinet soon, which also like wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty true. okay. Um, if you play just recycling for the most part, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sure he'll start opening up our cabinets, pulling out pans soon. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be interesting. He's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, so lots of progress, and it also felt like he almost had, like, a leap within his sickness, because yeah. he, like, came out of his sickness and had, like, a really great day. He was, like, ready to play on his own. It was almost like he missed playing, and then he had, like, some bad days there where he was, like, really needy, right. but yeah, now he's, like, in a stage where he feels like he's a, a little bit more independent than before that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. And we're eating some new foods now, too. Like what? Uh, what's new? We well, tried more squashes. And we did, like, some soups. We tried sauerkraut um, and different types of eggs. Like, Chris got duck eggs. And uh, so he's tried them. He, likes, he basically likes anything. You can give this child anything to eat, and he will be happy. Tonight for dinner, he had two sardines and an avocado. Yes. Quite the yeah. odd coupling but he loved it yeah. i feel like those flavors match if you like them hmm. maybe yeah just most people don't like sardines because they're a very sharp flavor yeah yeah um hmm. I think that and now that. oh i was gonna say and now he is 22 pounds and still 27 inches so slight growth over the past month yes yeah but uh yeah i think that pretty much covers everything and uh, we have some new things coming up later this month. So we'll have to tell you about them in the next episode. But thanks for tuning in, guys.